What's going on, guys? Welcome to yet another episode of Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast, or what the cool cats are calling it, the Murfanko Experience. Um, we got a pretty good episode lined up for today. Uh, pretty good guest, I'd say, although I, I miss the hippie hair, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, we got Alex Stumpf of DK Pittsburgh Sports on the show. Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I, I, I miss the hippie hair, too. I, I, I have do. it this week for Trevor Lawrence solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I do, I do have to address some rumors there in the rumor mill going around. Uh, ever since you cut your hippie hair off, people have been saying you donated it to me via mail. Um, I can confirm that these are tracks in my head. <laughs> this is Alex's hair, and I'm just living vicariously through him. So it's <laughs> that's why it's that's why it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You you got it awesome. everywhere though. I, I can't get a beard like that, Gil. <laughs> oh no, this is your hair too. I just glued it to my face. It's it's all good, man. <laughs> but Alex, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, we we got some questions here for you. Going to talk some baseball. So uh, just to kick things off, kind of switch it up a little bit. Um, Murph has some questions here for you, and I didn't even introduce Murph. What? How, how's it going, man? How how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Feeling left out a little bit now. You know, like you know, you're getting <laughs> gift hair and everything like that. And I'm just kind of sitting down here, stuck in stuck in a you know mini blizzard down here in Virginia. You guys having a blast up there? We haven't had any snow. Up here. Yeah. No, no, it's been insane. I, I was stuck in my house for two days. Yeah, stuck in the house for two days. It's crazy. Oh, um, haven't lost power though, so I guess I guess good for that. Yeah. Um, but I guess uh, kicking everything off on there, I'm going with the uh, looking at the Pirates. I guess one of the guys that I see talked about a lot is uh, Mitch Keller for obvious reasons. You know, really hyped up prospect coming through the system. Um, hasn't really translated the success to the major league level, but um, ta- talking to a couple other people and they, they kind of saw maybe a glimmer of hope within like the last start or two or something like that. Just want to get your thoughts on that. Maybe if you saw the same thing, maybe, maybe you noticed something or maybe, and then maybe what his outlook maybe is going into next year. Yeah. The last start of the season, that was actually something that Oscar Marine challenged him, you know, something mechanically like, Hey, you know, last time out, let's see what she could do. And I don't know how to describe it other than saying the arm action looked a little more whippy, you know, just going through in there, there was a little more, a little more deliberate. We'd seen him with a little bit shorter, shortening up his uh, delivery throughout the entire season. This one seemed to go a little bit closer back to that 2019 Keller form where, you know, he had those great peripherals, but it just didn't translate into good results, you know, at, at least in terms of ERA. I mean, we've all seen the fifth and how good that was yeah. you know, in that season. I think that's really what you have to hope right now with Mitch Keller is that, you know, that 2019 Mitch Keller is still in there, which is weird to say about a guy who had like, what, a seven ERA, but we all know that he had yeah. a better than a seven ERA, you know, that season. There was there was some good swing and miss. There was some, you know, command for the upper parts of the zone. And that's just some parts of his game that have been very inconsistent, you know, these last two years and what will ultimately determine what happens to him as a major leaguer. Okay. Yeah. Was there any, um, maybe any one thing in specific, like specific that you saw other than like the, the, the arm thing, like progress to and lead up to that last start, or was it just kind of like, 
uh, go out there, do whatever you can, and, and we'll kind of work with that going into the offseason. It was, I mean, at least the way that it was presented at the end of the season was it was something that was kind of brought up, you know, very late, you know, in not even, not saying it happened the day of, but, you know, like you go into the bullpens, you know, preparing for this last start. It's like, I, you're getting this last start of the season. We would like to see this out of you. Now, I don't know exactly how much you can build off of that. I, I'm sure it's going to be kind of a, a, a surprise. I can't talk anymore. A surprise for Oscar <laughs> and everyone, since you can't talk to players on the 40-man roster right now, whatever they eventually do get to Bradyton of, okay, let's see how this has developed over the course of this, you know, winter. It, that, that's going to be the main thing with it. Like, I know the Twitter takes are going to be, like, the confidence and, you know – I, I think this is more mechanical than it is mental in the grand scheme of things. Like I, I view Joel Hanrahan as like one of the great coaches in, in minor league baseball right now. Yes. Of, you know, being able to unlock that metal spot, you know, just be that bulldog and attack. And we saw some improvement from Keller in that area, but I, I think this is more mechanical, making sure that he's got the right arm action, got the right delivery. And it, it looked a little different. I'm not going to say that different is always better, but it might be I mean, in this case. Might, it's Mitch yeah, Keller, yeah. so anything different right now is is welcomed. I would say at least. Um, you you yeah. did you touched on Oscar Marine uh, a little bit there in terms of Mitch Keller, um, and you're in the trenches quite often, seeing the coaches and the players, um, you know, the interactions and whatnot. Do you think Marine? is the answer for these young pitchers, you know, coming up through the system, um, you know, once they make it to the majors uh, and what kind of style would you say Marine uh, has with his players? I'm going to start off by saying that I, I don't blame people who look at the results of the pitchers, you know, these last two years and, and by and large, it's, it's, it hasn't been great. I'm not going to, you know, deny and say, no, no, the 529 staff ERA or whatever it ended up being, you know, is actually a good thing. I think that's in large part due more to what the talent that he had than, you know, him as a coach. I mean, there's only so much you can get out of a Chase DeYoung, out of, you know, a, a Dylan Peters, who actually pitched pretty well in his limited sample. A lot of guys who had good seasons ended up getting traded, the Tyler Andersons, the Clay Holmes, stuff like that. I think what he has done as a coach, he's building a good infrastructure. And the way that he's trending in a lot of ways are the ways that you would want to see a major league pitching coach trend right now. There has been a good firm grasp on analytics and being able to convey that to players, which isn't always the easiest thing, especially in the Pirates organization who really had fallen behind quickly in a couple years from being, you know, at the forefront to being so far behind in like a five-year span. So Marine brought up like his first year or two, like they were, you know, analytics for dummies type of, of classes where he'd go and be like, all right, what do you need to know about? You know, let's go through here. Let's actually dive into pitch tunneling. And some of that infrastructure is being transferred to the minor leagues. And where in the past, like they would have an analytics coach in 2019 and beforehand, now they're having coaches who are better at interpreting that information, at being able to incorporate that so it's not just, you know, two different hands. It's, you know, they actually come together. All that stuff is good for Marine. And I think once we start to see some of these young pitchers that have been grown through the system and part of this new player development system, it will more 
accurately represent the type of coach that he is for better or worse, because I'm just going to throw some guys out here. You know, the, the Carmen Majinskis, the Michael Burroughs, a lot of guys who were in that Greensboro rotation. I, 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 we can't really talk about anyone in Indianapolis who didn't at least make the major leagues last year. You know, Hurray Kranich. We basically have some semblance of what they could bring to the table as a major leaguer. Yeah. I, I think Hurray is better than he was at the end of the season. But you look at what they can do, you know, going forward. This is more the vision that the Pirates have for player development and through all levels. And I think that's going to be a more more of an indicator of the type of coach Barita is that uh, Chase Young, you know, pitch like a, a depth starter minor league signing. I mean, it, it can't get so any like, worse um, than that. I hope I'm answering this stuff. I am so <laughs> no, 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 used no. to being like on it. the That's other good. end of this no, and I just I like ramble. It. No, I, no, I, I like that. Going in there, it's, you know, like they, they have a thing in there. And I, I know, you know, you see on Twitter that Marine gets a lot of people, he gets hammered a lot on Twitter, I, I, I feel like, for it. But, but you're, you're right. If you, you can't expect too much out of the kind of staff that he was given last year. I mean, like, oh. just put, to put it bluntly, it, at, at times it, it wasn't good like he wasn't given much to work with no but with the people that he has that he was able to work with was there any player that maybe you saw that took pretty significant strides that maybe you weren't expecting to make under him specifically I I, I wouldn't chalk this all up to Marine because Justin Message deserves a lot of credit in this also but I think the go-to example is Ben Nard in this case because here is someone who had a couple raw pitches raw tools and we saw it go on in spring training and I mean there's always that that king of Bradenton who comes you know just absolutely Kevin Newman was king of Bradenton for a month also and then once once the calendar turns to April something happens for a lot of these guys but it didn't happen for Ben they were able to manage they were able to I think they did a very good job progressively giving him higher leverage you know continuing to have him evolve as a pitcher I I think that's a an example of Pirates coaching and player development doing things right like we can look back at Mitch Keller who under two years under Marine I, I can't really count 2020 he was hurt and it was a short season but in his first full season it didn't go well. And that's someone that you can't afford to have him slip through the cracks and be another glass now, or, or someone like that, that, Oh, he goes somewhere else. And then he figures it all out. No, you need to have some of those guys click here at the major league level that you can look at a case like that. And yeah, maybe Oscar can do more there. Maybe that arm action, you know, that he challenged him at the end of the year is that first step. But there are some positive examples there, too. It's not just Trevor Cahill's and, well, what, how much can you get out of someone like that? Well, I mean, he fell down I, I, steps, I think that's so, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's a good point, though, because, like, when you think about, like, the pitching coach and, and, and stuff like that, you don't think of, like, the better players when it comes to, like, impact that the coaching staff may, may have had on them. You, you, you think of the guys that get called up and the projects like Keller and stuff like that. So that's a really good point, pointing out someone like Bednar, who was the best pitcher on the staff, pretty much, yeah. and, you know, and the impact that he had going into it. So, yeah, I, I, I like that. That's a good point with that. Yeah, um, I, I can't I can't delay this any further. Uh, Anthony and I have a constant debate on uh, his goat, JT Brubaker. Um, 
so far I am losing this battle with every guest that we've talked to. Uh, most recently, Tim Williams uh, went against me, and and now I I have revenge tour 2022 coming uh, for Tim Williams. So just watch out, Tim. Um, but Alex, I, I need you to be on my side with this man. I think JT is much more suited for a bullpen role than a long term starter. Uh, Murph <laughs> thinks otherwise. So <laughs> I need your opinion. Can uh, I, I cop out and say that this is the telling year? with it like let's look at the pirates rotation here in a moment like they they say they're going to add someone or they would like to add someone once the you know lockout ends and you could actually sign and make trades again so maybe they'll do that if they don't jg brubaker is easily one of the top five guys you know as a starting pitcher that they have right now i i don't think that's much of a debate so we we saw so many good parts out of him last season especially for like the first two months and it's something that marine brought up you know that you have to they that's how he was challenged at the end of the year like you know coming to next year you're going to be in position be ready to throw 160 180 innings because we saw that drop off basically where the 60 game season ended last year that's where the drop off began which you know for someone who didn't pitch that much in 2019 it would make sense that there would be something like that I and then he took a little time off because of the injury wasn't a serious one actually got to rest the arm a little bit and then he looked better before the season ended so I I get the bullpen part I think his stuff could play out of the bullpen but I see four pitches he's got four legitimate pitches that range from you know 45 majorly passable to actually a potentially plus pitch I think that slider's a plus pitch oh yeah slider is definitely plus yeah 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 Oh, yeah. And I, I, I like the curveball, too. And then the two fastballs, the way that they – if everything's going right, they're good pitches. He's got four mm-hmm. good pitches to work with. And in that case, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy is absolutely a starter. It's being able to be consistent throughout the whole season and be able to have, you know, the arm strength to go 180 innings with it. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. That, that, that sounds like a win with, for me, with, Cody. I'm sorry. That sounds like a with win that for me. Said, with that said, I'll, I'll give you this, Cody, that there's a whole wave of prospects coming up in 2023. And if he's dropping off after 60 innings in 2023, then that job's going to Freestar or Majinski or someone else. Thank See, look, you. I, I think that's the common, I think that's the common <laughs> misconception between this, me, and Cody. Okay. I, JT is good. I love JT. JT has awesome stuff. With the amount of prospects and everything they've they've done to get those kind of pitchers into the system, there is no reason why he shouldn't end up in the bullpen. But in the meantime, he is absolutely one of the better options that we have in the upper levels and majors and stuff like that. So, yes, he's a starter for now. But if everything works out that it's supposed to be, yes, he will probably in a couple of years end up in the bullpen. Oh, now, I mean, now you say this. Now you say no, that's this. That's how I, I feel like that has always been. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm going to say that that's another dub for uh, JT right there. So you, you better go look in the snow, man. I see a lot of backtracks in your statements. So nah, go, go well, look I out in the snow. Actually, There's a lot yeah. of backtrack footprints with that shit. Don't give me that, man. <laughs> no no but i think one pitcher we can all agree on that is definitely better suited for the pen uh is will crow now in in my personal opinion i think will crow 
can absolutely dominate out of the bullpen given the chance. But I, I don't, I don't know. What, what, what say you to when it comes to that? Wokro has one legitimate plus pitch, and that's the changeup. Yeah. So I, it's basically how do you get him? How do you utilize his best tool? In this case, like this yeah. isn't JT Brubaker, in my opinion, where he's got like four pitches that could get major league hitters out. I, I think he's got one really good one. You could be a fastball changeup Joaquin Benoit type, you know, relief yeah. pitcher, which which is fine. And that's in the grand scheme of things, you know, anywhere you, you could get, you know, Will Crow to be a consistent guy getting major league outs. That's the goal out of it yeah. i mean obviously it'd be as a starting pitcher he actually led this team in starts last year which is mind-boggling to think you know, <laughs> looking back on it um yeah that's 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 a frustrating thought for pirates fans that will has to lead your team and in and starts but. <laughs> somehow it was only 25 it felt like he either started like five times or 200 over the course of the season i i swear i, no, I feel that I swear there are times where it'd be like I'd cover three game series and he pitches three times. It's like, how, how does this happen? So I, I felt like it was every day game. Cause like I'd be at work and I'd look at my phone during a day game. And it's like, Hey, look, Will Crow's pitching. And I'm like, I feel like that just happened. What, how, what is the Daedro versus or version of Will Crow? What is the, day, what was that? Day Crow? Day Crow? Day Crow? Yeah. <laughs> like Daedro, Pedro Alvarez. Oh. Or... <laughs> <laughs> that was the ultimate pirate dad joke and and i'm living for that man yeah that, that was freaking amazing I, I'm, I'm see here's the thing about podcasts you're not going to be able to convey the moment where it just clicks <laughs> <laughs> we'll always have that moment though where it just went like that and then it came down <laughs> i'm gonna have to get some editing magic for like a light bulb ding when murph you get, you get the you get the gears turning you hear the crickets and then a yep. bing. Oh, I get just it. Kind of sitting there thinking, oh, oh God. <laughs> that was a really stupid uh, joke. I get it. <laughs> no, 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 no. But going back to Will Crow right here, because I, I know our listeners would absolutely, you know, put me at the stake if I didn't finish my Will Crow thoughts. Uh, <laughs> put him in the bullpen. I, I think he'd be best as a one-inning guy, maybe yeah. even like a reverse splits type of guy, go through it. Because I think the changeup can neutralize lefties, and then fastball maybe use breaking pitches to get rid of righties. What, what's the right-handed version of a loogie, but also to get left-handed hitters out? I'm banking on the reverse splits with Will Crow, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that works? Uh, no, I, I, yeah, that I works. get you. I get you. Um. One inning, probably, maybe two. You think two innings is feasible for a guy like Crow? Oh yeah, yeah. And I, if you want to, if they want to put him in as the swingman, sixth guy in the rotation in the bullpen, someone needs to make a spot start. Yeah, you know, a Brandon Compton special type of deal. Yeah, you could do that also. Yeah, but I, I think long term, that's probably where Crow is most suited. Yeah, yeah, and and you mentioned earlier, you know, with the way the roster is constructed as we sit, um, Will Crow probably is your fifth starter, in in my opinion, as of right now. Maybe sixth starter. Opening day without signing anyone? Yeah. I I, I have Quintana, uh, Wilson, Keller, 
Brew Baker, Thompson. Okay. And that's, okay. that's okay. the that's fair. pessimism that Contreras is in the opening day rotation or I mean you have to figure unless unless there's something new when it comes to service time and, and stuff like that when that comes yeah. out, then then both him and Cruz are, are heading to Indy to start. I hate to say it, but you're right. You're yeah. Yeah. Unless no, it's, it would be some... And do you even think like change to the service time oh, yeah. would change that? Or do you think, I, you I think, think that they was, could end up in Pittsburgh? I think if there was a legitimate change to the service time, that it, it wouldn't suit, it, that it wouldn't benefit the Pirates to keep them down in the minor leagues for a month or two or however long. And it, it counts just the same. They would absolutely be in the major league levels. I mean, look at what happened throughout all of the minor league system. There were a ton of guys who were playing up, you know, from their age. A lot of 20, 18-year-olds in Bradenton, 20-year-olds in Greensboro. No, that was a challenge. You know, you're young. If you if you can perform against, you know, people who are four or five years older than you, you're on a great track towards the major leagues. It has to apply to the major league level unless there is, you know, service time or Infinite. some other disadvantage to, you know, doing right by the player in that yeah. case. Yeah. Um, who's, the, who's, who's the first guy that gets bumped out of that rotation for uh, uh, Contreras if that changes? Uh, I, I was, eh, maybe Thompson, maybe maybe Thompson has some bullpen experience. Katana is going to be given some some sort of leash. Like I don't see him getting booted until like June at the very soonest, no matter what. Yeah, because you have to also keep up appearances for free agents because he's signed to be a major league starter. And if you don't get a legitimate chance to be a starter, then why would I go there? If you're offering me this position, that's not going to be there. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're talking like there is going to be a 2022 season Um, with the way a lot of people are writing articles and, and and the way talks are going, it it seems like there's an extreme disconnect between the owners and the players. Um, is there going to be a 2022 season in your opinion, or are we going to be having a very, very long lockout? I, if there isn't a 2022 season, we may as well just, you know, pack up the sport and go. Like if, if there is just, even if it's abbreviated in some form, even if it's not a one full 162, you have got to absolutely play games in, in 2022. That is not, you know, yeah. up for negotiation. I I hope that they're able to reach some sort of deal by the end yeah. of this month because I kind of look at like if if everything gets done by January thirty first or February first or maybe even the second, nothing has to fundamentally change with the schedule. I mean, there's going to be a hell week of everyone you know trying to get through the rest of the season or the off season, finish these signings it'll just be madness that'll go into spring training, but you don't have to do anything. I'd say about Valentine's day or so would be if there's nothing in place, there'd be like, okay, well, what's going on with the regular season? Because you have to have a full month at least for spring training. I would imagine because they did that three week one for 60 game season. And that still had a ton of injuries. I'm sure they don't want to replicate that again. Yeah, you you can maybe chop yeah. off a yeah. little bit of it, but yeah, it, there just comes a point where it's like we're nearing 
we're nearing a point that whenever they say they have no meetings scheduled, that it's concerning. We are no longer in December. We are in 2022. That's, I, I, I don't know. I'm an anxious person in general, so this this just isn't good for me at all. Oh no, <laughs> I, I, I feel that. And it's, <laughs> it's even worse. Whatever, so much of it is just being leaked to you know a couple national reporters, you know mouthpieces. So I'm reading this along with you guys for a lot of it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm suffering on that. Um, so maybe maybe on some uh, I don't know if you want to say happier news, but better better things. You know, with the pirates, the the big things, the the prospects, you know, in the system and stuff like that. They recently had the 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 get better camps and and, and stuff like that. And you know, me and Cody, we we go a lot into prospects and stuff like that ourselves. Um, but but for you, was there any maybe maybe just like a player, maybe two that really really stood out for you during that time there as to someone to really look for in twenty twenty two? I I'm gonna preface this with this with saying that I've been to two, but the pitcher camp, they didn't have any actual workouts going on whenever I was there. So I'm just basing this off of the position player, get better at baseball camp. And the one guy that I finally got to see in person for the first time in 2021, then was uh, Escato, Michael Escato, who I had heard, you know, like how loud those tools were and how, you know, he's so raw, but you know, there's so much untapped potential here and seeing him just do batting practice, fielding drills, it's like this is the most controlled environment. I get that. I take all that into consideration, but I I get I get it. Like this is someone who no, you don't base a trade for Jamison Town around, but is that wild card to sweeten the pot at the very end? Yeah, sure. I mean, he was 18 years old and he didn't play well in Bradenton. Okay. He's probably gonna go back to Bradenton to start the year or eventually we'll go to Greensboro cut down on the swing and miss tap into that raw power a little more I say this like it's you know so matter of fact but it's incredibly <laughs> difficult you see Escato but, taking notes all right ah, oh, this is what oh consistent happen. swing oh, that, that's what it was that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no no he's but he's someone that I wouldn't be shocked is you know a big name two years from now. I also wouldn't be shocked if he's out of the system two years from now because oh, this is the definition of a boomer bust prospect. Okay. I, I, I gravitate to those type of players, those type of prospects, though. Yeah. No, I, I feel it because I, I cling every single hope that I have on Santiago Flores, and we all know what happened to him in Greensboro. Um, he got murdered, let's just say that. <laughs> when he got the jump from Bradenton to Green, yeah, it was, I mean, it was it was a jump. But you like it was, it was a, a jump. Jump. But you like the you like the spin. You like the way the pitches move. That's what you gravitate towards. Yeah, like this guy could be a major league reliever, probably. probably. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. You know, and and when he sent me the video of his fastball, it ramped up to 98 miles an hour. He ramped yeah. his fastball from 94 to 98 quickly. And that is the definition of setup man, closer, something to that sort that can just go through an inning and get the hell out and do your job. And to me, he fits that mold perfectly. Tanash Thomas does too. Thomas is, I, I wrote about him recently in the mound visit. Everyone should read it on DK Pittsburgh Sports. There's my plug. We do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I get if people really like really like him. There's a lot of you know variables with him. Also, I want to see how it goes the entire year. But actually, I take that back. I did get to see him at in person at the uh, pitching camp, and I was I was in awe of how big his hands are. This They're is, huge, is dude. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's talking about throwing a changeup, and he's like, you can throw a palm ball. <laughs> Not even. It's like. They are absolutely enormous. I don't know how to, I don't know how to present that in a good baseball journalist type of way. It was just kind of like, a, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, he got he has ginormous hands, and and for the first time when I saw him on Zoom, his I I kept staring at them, and I kept like fumbling through my questions because I just kept staring at them, and <laughs> it, I, yeah, I, I could see how that's difficult for. Uh, a journalist to convey, you know, without sounding creepy. <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure I just failed a minute ago. So <laughs> now, now going off of Murph's question here, was there any particular prospect that they hitting get better camp that kind of disappointed or didn't live up to what you expected? Um, I'm thinking on the other end of it because like I, you go to these type of things and you want to see Pagaro. You want to see, you know, a lot of the heavy hitter stuff. And, you know, every once in a while, someone like maybe Brent Sutter, who really isn't on the radar, you know, he he looks really good. I can't really think of someone who, it was a controlled environment for the most part that right, I really right. looked at. I'm like, oh man, this is, this is just terrible. <laughs> I, so. I, I, yeah, I got you, man. I don't want to, I'm, I'm really going through here. I'm trying to think of someone who just didn't really impress, but I I don't know. I don't think – how about that for the answer? I'm sure there is someone, but there wasn't anyone that, like, went in my mind, like, oh, my God, what the hell are they thinking with Andy Rodriguez, but not Andy Rodriguez because he's, you know, a sleeper. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> a sleeper. Uh, one of the most athletic players in the system, I think, bar none i mean the fact that this guy can move to second base as tim said to me and murph and there be no yeah. issue that's saying something especially coming out of the catcher spot like you never hear things about that yeah i mean i mean he's first of all he's graded very well as a pitch receiver you know so yeah. he's he's got like one of the most valuable parts of being a good defensive catcher taken care of but then he can play the outfield he can play first base he brought up second base that's something that we're going to see in 2022 i i think the best way to summarize andy rodriguez is in the middle of the season he he told his manager you know i used to be a two-way player in the mets and he got to pitch (laughs) afterwards he's like you did you never pitched he's like well you believe me (laughs) i think he threw an inning for Bradenton a couple times Mm -hmm. And it didn't go well, but he convinced him that he, you know, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, I can, oh, the catcher who plays second base can't pitch. All right. Yeah, sure. sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Andy, like you said, Andy is definitely a sleeper. And I think there's a couple of kids in the FCL that's coming to Bradenton most likely next year, like a Sung Chi Chang. Um, he's my biggest sleeper going into 2022. Uh, for me anyways um but you you know the the one question I had for you and it doesn't deal with you know baseball or prospects or anything like that it just deals with you 
specifically. And I, you know, I've been following you for quite a long time and your journey has been something to be, you know, marveled at. You're kind of like the king of the indie writers, um, in my opinion. Um, so like, can you just speak on your journey, you know, just a little bit, man, like to someone who wants to be a writer that's listening, all three listeners of the show, um, could you like, you know, just give some inspiring hippie words? Oh man. Oh man. I, I don't know how inspiring it can be because whatever path I took to get here, that it is I salted that ground. Nothing will ever grow there again. This is not a, <laughs> a viable path to get through. Nobody tried to follow this playbook. Uh, honestly, it was a, first of all, just being willing to work hard, you know, maybe to a stupid amount, <laughs> stupid borderline self-destructive amount, you know, being willing to, to bust your ass and keep going especially whatever you send a lot of job applications that you never hear back from and that sucks and yeah i'm gonna speak mainly for the journalistic you know aspect of it for anyone who's listening but there's a lot of people you know i have a lot of friends that are in or in music or another creative ventures that go through the same thing and, and it sucks it really sucks there, especially whenever you, you know, give your best writing samples and it, it, they're kind of a little piece of you and you don't even get the courtesy of a no screw off, you know, email going type of that. It's the silence that sucks, you know, yeah. more than anything <laughs> yeah. with that. So I, my advice would be keep going and also find people that you can really rally around who could really who offer a lot to you like jason rollison is i am forever indebted to that man he is someone who literally is in the hospital fighting fighting cancer and he's you know banging the table for day i'm like give this guy a shot give this type of shot like if you're lucky you get a friend like that once in a lifetime but there are a lot of other people behind the scenes like kevin cray who wrote for the point of pittsburgh who started the point of pittsburgh Steve Demicelli was someone who really banged the table for me for a couple places and, you know, got me a residency to write a fan graphs for a little bit, which led to sporting news, which led to some really good articles that I put into, you know, job applications that, you know, eventually lead the day on it. And actually the story that I, you know, the worry that it worked with day on, I'll give a little behind the scenes peek at this. Um, the position opened up mid-season, and Dan and I, I, I don't think we'd ever really talked that much, even in the press box uh, before then. And, you know, I, I threw it out there. Jason advocated for me, and he's like, okay, just send me some writing samples. And I sent him some writing samples. You know, I sent him an analytics piece, a couple feature pieces, you know, the type of stuff that I associate, you know, associated myself as a writer back in 2019. And I don't think it left much of an impression on him. So fortunately for me, Dayon has this road trip in Anaheim and he's got a six hour flight back. Meanwhile, I'm at a buddy's bachelor party at this time. And I am several adult beverages into the evening at this point. And he sends me an, an email 
saying, hey, I've got a six-hour flight in about an hour or so. Send me everything. Send me everything. You know, like, I, I'm not going to run out of time to read. Like, anything you want me to read, I'll read right now. So it's like, okay, well, this is this is inebriated, Alex, emptying the clip to, you know, like, here we go. Here's the chance at the job. And... I, I threw everything at him. And one of the things that I threw at him was a high school softball story that I only wrote because for the Beaver County Times, which I only wrote because it was basically in my backyard, you know, at my alma mater. And the previous editor had said, yeah, he's a good writer. If there's anything in the South Hills that you don't want to send a writer out to there, just freelance it out to him. And I can't even remember what I wrote, but Dan you know, gravitated to that piece actually more than a lot of the other baseball stuff that I had written at that point. And whenever we talked, he, he brought that up a couple of times, like, you know, the pacing of the story, it, it wasn't like a normal gamer or features weird situation. I can't remember exactly how it went. If anyone wants to dig it up, I think it's the last thing I ever wrote for the Beaver County times. And that actually was the piece that got me my opportunity you know, on, on the major league beat full time. So it's the other piece of advice I would give. Like I, I got a, I had a tunnel vision to be like a baseball writer and it was a high school softball piece that absolutely was just a paycheck story. I mean, you, you do that for the 50 bucks yeah. for the day. You don't know what's going to be, what gravitates, what ends up being the breakthrough piece. So don't half-ass it first of all especially if someone's actually paying you secondly <laughs> it, it just it, it comes down to you know a hustle and just be stupid you know and be like yeah this this will break through at some point you gotta yeah. you gotta believe <laughs> even though it's <laughs> not exactly the easiest thing on earth but yes that that ground has thoroughly been salted i would not recommend that path <laughs> going on <laughs> Believe it or not, going to college for four years to doing some college basketball writing to, you know, Bucks dugout and all these other freelancing spots, all the while, you know, doing like pizza delivery in the background to, you know, actually make money. Money. Isn't the best <laughs> career advice that I could give a, a young aspiring journalist. But I, I don't know. Hopefully something in that gravitates to someone. Well, I mean, you know, off the air, Anthony, or before you came back on, Anthony and I were just discussing, like, you know, you sending articles and, uh, you know, resumes and things of that sort to employers and getting nothing back. Like, that hit us in the feels majorly. <laughs> we we have felt there. that. It's a like, very a lot. It's it's a very real thing and i'll i'll be honest with you it's it's very demoralizing like i i had made the decision before down before i got the job at dk pittsburgh sports that uh 2019 was going to be my last year you know writing baseball like that was going to be my make or break year because i just couldn't deal with the rejection you know going on and on and on and on and it's like, look, you got, you got to do something this year. This is your, you have no minor league options remaining, Alex. You got to do something this year <laughs> or, or go on. If it, if it doesn't work out, you and Noah can 
podcast and do whatever the hell you want for you know an extended period of time after pretend you have some semblance of credibility on the internet at that point <laughs> that people would want to hear the ramblings here here stack his stack cast take over a podcast a very visual media <laughs> medium <laughs> put it over in audio form everyone's gonna love it dozens of people are gonna be like that guy's still talking so it it, it demoralizes, which is a big part of the you know you, you gotta be stupid and you gotta be willing to keep going through because there is no easy path to this industry anymore i mean this isn't the 80s where there are dozen you know local papers and each one of them has you know sports writers it's you've got a couple publications most of them online and most of them are in a constant state of oh god what's actually going to happen next so yeah i mean i i did the the fan side of thing with with rum bunner i worked for a couple of independent sites and you know getting 50 views total for 100 articles you've written and me deciding i'm gonna quit about a million times it's it it it, it is very demoralizing and you know i just got my degree in journalism and mass communications and it's like well i i decided this route so i kind of have to go with it now (laughs) the the john mulaney bit about college is basically it's it's not a comedy bit it's a ted talk but he's like, <laughs> you let me pay, make this financial decision. That should be illegal. <laughs> Do the right thing, son. Sign here and you'll be a communications major. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I could, I could work with communications if writing doesn't work out. And then you start looking at shit and it's like, whoa, whoa what, wait a minute here. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I've been bamboozled again. <laughs> And I'm in debt. Wow. That's amazing. No extra layer of pressure added there. No. 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 White picket fence dream. Here I come. Pretty much. (laughs) But Murph, Murph, you've been sitting there chuckling along to to the stories. What what, what are are your final thoughts here, buddy? I think think the best part of that was hearing that last part at the end, to be honest, of this whole thing on there. like like truth be told it's it's funny that like it, everything ended up working out with like Hyatt's prospects because I know Tim this was years ago he put out a thing about wanting like an extra writer or two and I actually I actually had sent in my work then I was still a little bit new at it and like I, I wasn't expecting anything but you know I, I was feeling like I was feeling I was feeling myself that day so I said let's go for it never heard anything back and now here we are years later and uh, and writing for the site too so yeah so yeah so it, it's major blessing uh to be a part you know with tim williams you know it, it you know it it I, I don't know if you felt this alex at all like when you went on with day on but like it was it kind of like a surreal moment for you where things settled in and you're like holy shit here i am this is all i've been through i'm here now like did you have that moment or is it still surreal for you Oh, it, it's there are times where it still is surreal. Like there are, I mean, I, I guess, like I said, I had tunnel vision. So like I will spend, you know, a day where it's like, I just, you know, sit down and I write a piece and that's, you know, that's just what I did for the day. But I would also do that in the past for, 
you know, the point of Pittsburgh for dozens of people to read and, you know, not for a career, you know, that was just, that was actually probably, you spent a whole day doing that, you know, instead of doing something that could actually make money. <laughs> uh, reflecting back on that stuff. No, but there are some surreal moments. Like there are times, especially when traveling, whenever you go to like a new ballpark and, you know, yeah. you're in the press box and you're like, wow, there are only, a, you know, a dozen or so people here. I'm one of them. That's that's incredibly cool. It's incredibly cool at the publication that I write. I I have free range and like freedom to do some stuff there that I definitely wouldn't if I if I wrote for basically any other publication on it. Like I I do have, you know, a lot of editorial control there that is unbelievably appreciated to the point that I just want to stress that here on the, on the podcast, you know, a little bit of humble brag of like oh my god that's cool um, <laughs> <Self-love>. because, <laughs> because i am i don't know if anyone here hasn't read me i am definitely cody put it nice with like the king of the indie writers and i'm gonna take that to my grave but i i i'm definitely the the odd duck out of the bunch because i am not you know like a traditional beat reporter in the sense like yeah i'll i'll break some news you know i'll I'll get the the information there but i i don't know how many other beat reporters would be like hey we're gonna do a really deep dive into this one weird analytical bit for today and okay we're gonna be doing some just it's there's enough traditional coverage there that it's not alienating but there's enough weird stuff that it's like this guy this cat's different I, I kind of like walking that line, even if it's, you know, having the hippie hair to to show that it's. <laughs> well, well, like I said, it's it, your grandma's beep reporter. Yeah. They don't have hippie <laughs> hair and, and a red shoe, you know, hung up as, you know, their Twitter profile picture because <laughs> they didn't, they haven't let me back on the air since. <laughs> It's fair. It's fair. I was, I was, I was given two very specific rules going in. It was like, all right, don't swear and don't f up. And I swore. So there we go. <laughs> this has been one of the most like real podcasts I think we've ever done. I, I love this. Yeah, like, <laughs> like usually when we have like a player or coach on, we're like super strict, like uptight like questions and very uh, attentive this is just loose and 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 fun like this has been a breath of fresh air for sure. good yeah <laughs> good i'm glad it has been yeah man i i remember you know the stiffy the stuffy part where i was going on this is better this half's better <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah man but uh you know th- this is uh closing time uh, for the podcast, this is where we kind of, you know, wrap things up and, and give our howdy do's and goodbyes. Um, but Alex, from the bottom of both of our hearts, we, we really appreciate you coming on, man. And this has been an awesome, awesome experience. And, you know, once the season gets going, it, I would be completely honored if we could do like a regular show with you. Yeah, let's not make this the only one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I got you. Um, but folks, like I said, that's going to do it uh, 
for this episode of the podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please, please, please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get the podcast. Because um, I don't know, I need to show to my family that I'm doing something right. That'd be cool. <laughs> but, <laughs> but fellas, uh, this is a part of the podcast where we give out our socials uh, so the people of Twitter can follow us because uh, that's the only achievement we have in life. Um, for me, I'm going to start. I would appreciate a follow uh, at Murfanko. That's M-U-R-P-H-A-N-K-O. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's it for me. So Murph, go ahead and give your socials out, brother. As always, um, follow me on Twitter, double at double underscore Murphy88. Yeah. Big Bear giving his socials out. Mr. Stumpf, I don't think anyone needs to know what your socials are because you're you're the famous indie kings, but go ahead and give it out, man. <laughs> it's at Alex J. Stumpf. And just follow everyone named Alex Stump. How about that? You know, just cover all your bases. Yes, that would be amazing. Yeah. I'm just going to follow some random guy named Alex Stump. I'll DM I him do that. <laughs> I follow all the Alex Stumps. It's actually funny every once in a while, whatever, you know. It's like, oh, I get a DM like, what the hell are you doing? Why is everyone going into my matches? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, we look nothing alike. How does anyone make this comparison? mix this up oh man this has been like i said a great episode boys and girls but that is gonna do it for the podcast so yeah we love you very very much uh and like i said listen to all the episodes all 11 of them now and uh yeah have a good night afternoon or morning and uh we'll see you later talk soon let's go bucks (laughs) 